impure in heart, what does it mean and how do we get there in an impure world? Let's talk about that next on Sound Doctrine. Your spirit leads me on And I'm running after you, you. I'll leave behind the worthless love And I'm trading them for priceless truth Welcome to Sound Doctrine, online at sounddoctrineradio.org For honest, many of us have divided hearts today the Lord wants us to be single-minded towards Him and pure in heart. So how is that even possible in a world like ours? Well, we certainly can't accomplish it on our own, but with the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, we can. And that is the emphasis of today's study in the Word with Pastor Jeff Johnson as he continues through the Sermon on the Mount here in Matthew 5. heart means to be single-minded towards the Lord, sincere in heart. Our problem is that we have divided hearts. David cried out and said, Lord, unite my heart. There needs to be our prayer. Lord, give me a single heart. You see, one part David realized wanted the things of God, but then there was another part of his heart that wanted the things of the world. And what a crazy place to be in. You got enough of Jesus to be miserable, not enough to be joyful. And you're just, you're freaking out. And rightly so. A divided heart. That was Solomon's problem. Paul struggled with this over in in Romans chapter 7 and in verse 22. Listen to this. He says, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the law, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Can you imagine? I want to live for God, but I live for the flesh. And I am so frustrated with myself. I am fit to be tied. Who shall deliver me? And he goes into this whole thing. And thank God through Jesus Christ, I am set free from that whole sin nature thing and being sucked back into the flesh. We need an undivided heart that's pure, that's cleansed. In Revelation chapter 21, it says in Revelation 21 verse 27, when he's talking about who's going to go into the kingdom age and the whole thing of the the blessings of the Lord and who's going to go into the new heaven and the new earth and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. They're the ones that are going to enter in. Those that have pure hearts. David, over in uh, Psalm 24, listen to this. This is in Psalm 24, verse 3. He cries out and says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Great question. Then he answers it and he says, He that has clean hands and a pure heart, 
who hath not lifted up his soul into vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. And then he says, and he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Psalm 24. Wow. This is the man that's going to be blessed. This is the man that's going to have God's blessing on and in his life. The man who is like Jesus with an undivided love that regards God as our highest good. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. A man who God has apprehended his heart. And it's united. And so we sing the song. Lord, I don't want an undivided heart. I want a heart that's for you 100%. For the things of God, 100%. To love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your mind. Purity is to live to glorify God. It's a desire to know Him, to love Him, to serve Him. Why? So we might see Him. That's a heavy statement. So we might see Him. I found a scripture in Hebrews in Hebrews 12, and in verse 14, Hebrews 12, 14, he says, Follow peace with all men. But then he says, and follow after holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Do you hear what he said? Follow after peace with everyone. You know, with everything that's in you, try to you know, live peaceably with all men. But, but go after holiness too. This is good. Because without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Holiness, holiness is what I need. And you know what? Holiness is what God wants to give to us. To have a heart that's holy towards God. Do you remember Isaiah's vision in Isaiah 6? As he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And any time we have a view or a vision of God, we are humbled. And then he cried out, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm undone. I'm a sinner. But it was good because it lifted him up to a place of holiness, being holy towards God. And then he said, Lord, send me. Here I am. See, the Lord captivated him as he saw the Lord, as he was in God's presence. So this should be our objective, to seek after the Lord. How do we do this? By, by seeking him with our whole heart, by walking humbly in confession, allowing God to cleanse our wicked hearts, Because, listen, you're a Christian, but, you know, sometimes that old nature sneaks back in there, and you find yourself sinning. Anybody know that? Anybody experience that? Or am I alone? Okay. Whew, you know. But, you know, you you do it less and less. As you come into his arms and as he he forgives you, you just don't want to, you don't want to blow his mind. You don't want to, you don't want to, you know, shame him in any way. You want to do better. And that's the kind of father we have, that he just wants to pick us up, dust us off, and come on. Okay, you say, well, I've already struck out. I, I had three strikes. God's saying, well, swing again. It, in my game, you get four, five, six, and the amazing grace of God. Again, it's his goodness. So pure in heart is not, oh, that man is such a decent man. He's so pure in heart. Or he's a moral guy. It has nothing to do with these things. 
or he knows the word of God, he must be pure in heart. No. It's a work of God beyond the natural abilities that we have. We have these natural abilities. And we put on our best dress sometimes, and yet, whoa. Those woe to the Pharisees and the scribes sometimes are pointed right at us. To take a heart of stone, to give a heart that's pure. Only those who are like him, the Bible says, can see him and be in his presence. And so our goal is, I want to be in God's presence. I want to be, somebody has said it like this, under the spout where the glory comes out. You know, I just want to keep myself there, you know, because that's the place of blessing. I want to stay in that place. Oh, yes, I know my flesh will try to prevent me, but I need to deal with that, don't we? And the Lord gives us ample provision. What do you mean, see God, Jeff? I mean, come on, the Bible says that no man can see God and live. Come on, God's too holy. He, I mean, you come into his presence, you're going to be a crispy critter real quick. Because we're in sinful bodies and, you know, we, you know, we can't handle it. That's why we get a new body. When we get into heaven, finally, when we really see him face to face, we're going to have a new body so we can handle seeing God. Because this body just can't do that. Moses, I think, is the best illustration of this. As God said to Moses, Moses, I cannot, you know, have you see me face to face, even though it is suggested that that's the relationship he had with God. But God says, listen, Moses, I'll just kind of pass before, and then you can come into where I was. You can see my afterglow. And just the afterglow of God, where he was, caused him to just get gray real quick. I mean, it changed him physically. Just the afterglow. In the, in the Old Testament, there were many theophanies, and theophanies are when God would reveal himself through an angel. Why? So they would see the angel and not see him and get blown away. But then Jesus said this, if you've seen me, you've what? Seen the Father. So why is Jesus so important? Well, he's everything. We need to behold the Lord. We need to know him. We need to learn of him. Because to do that is to behold God. God, according to the Scriptures, is a spirit. But one day, the pure in heart, we will see God, literally see him as he is. But today, we apprehend, we understand his ways and his purposes as we see God in nature. I mean, uh, he's all around us. We see him in history, through prophecy, In knowing his presence, he is here. He is near. He is here. He he wants to work a work in our midst. I sense the presence of God is here. Through the eyes of faith, I love this because this is how Moses experienced him. Over in Hebrews 11, in verse 27, by faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Moses saw God who is invisible. Christian eyes, I believe this, see what other eyes don't see. Those who are born again, those who know the Lord, who are born again from God from on high by the Spirit of the Lord, we see differently than those in the world. Now, you can understand that. He gives us different eyes to see. Interesting, over in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul said, but whom the God of this world 
has blinded the minds of them that believe not. There's a lot of eyes that are blinded. And then Paul's prayer, I love it, in Ephesians chapter 1, when Paul was praying, he said in verse 18, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Paul was just literally praying that our eyes would be open, that we would see him. So we see his hand in this situation, in that situation, his providence. This is the work of God, we would say, you know. We see him in everyday life. Yet one day, the Bible says, we will see him face to face. In the Revelation, right after chapter 3 of Revelation, in chapter 4 and 5, John begins to behold the Lord in the Spirit. He says, I saw this, and I saw that, and I saw this, saw that. So we're in heaven. The church is in heaven. And we're singing songs of the redeemed of the Lord, and we're seeing the Lord as never before. John just got a little, you know, kind of picture before we get there, and he wrote these things down. But the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians, now we see through what? A glass darkly. It's almost like seeing through a shower glass where you can see the figure, but you can't make it out. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. John talking about this experience in 1 John chapter 3 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And then he says, Beloved, now are we yet the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know this, that when he shall appear, we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. It's going to be quite a day, isn't it, to be face-to-face with the Lord. Going all the way back into Revelation, John said, And the Lord caught me up, and he showed me the pure river of water of life, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it, where on either side there's this river, this tree of life, which bear twelve manner of fruits. And he goes on and says, And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it. And the servants shall serve him. And then he says, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Wow. To see the Lord one day, to be in front, to be first given a bear hug by Jesus, and then to be turned around and looking at the Father is going to be something else. Yet today, we can come boldly, right? We sung sung the song, Into the Throne of Grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. We can come into his presence at any time in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the question is, is this your desire? Do you want to see God? Is that what you want? Do you want to see the Lord? And I think that this eternal perspective that God is constantly trying to get us into that he's coming, that there is a heavenly kingdom, that this is not all there is. And to get our eyes off the temporal and onto those things that are eternal helps us to see God now, today, in what's going on. To behold the hand of our God. To be in prayer about everything. To know that he cares and he wants to move. And it also, I believe, causes us to want pure hearts. To be pure in heart. Now, it's not to become a monk. Can you imagine if God says, okay, now I've called you out from the world and I want you to be separate and now I want you to go and live in a, a monkey place 
where there's monks. <laughs> and listen to Rice Krispies, and that's all you're ever going to hear. No talking, silence, isolate yourself from the world, and be pure unto God. Because if you're out in the world, you're going to get dirty. And that's true. But the pure of heart, you know, that's something that God holds near and dear. And he keeps cleansed, not us. God knows we can't cleanse our own hearts and keep them pure. I don't think that monk thing is scriptural. It's a work of God. And once we've come to the end of ourselves, then we see our need for God. And as David, we cry out. And that psalm we read this morning is so powerful. Psalm 51, in, in starting with verse 9, he says, hide, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities, Lord. Because he saw that he was, he was wicked. And create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. What a prayer. We need a new heart, a Holy Spirit-purified heart. What's great is that he's begun a good work in me, because God started this work, and he's going to finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. Isn't that isn't that something to just lean on and just say, thanks, Lord, because I can't keep myself holy. <laughs> I can't keep myself pure, but you, you're doing a work in me. What a hope we have. We're in good hands. Going on with Psalm 51 and verse 7, here's, a, here's an interesting cry of David. He says, purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. See, David's crying out to God who can do the work. Then to realize that one day he's going to present us faultless, without spot, without blemish, before his throne in heaven. What a promise. A prayer and a promise. Knowing this man should bring us to a, a place of praise and thanksgiving for what he has done, what he has started. Kind of a twofold response I see here. And Peter, Peter says that we are kept by his power through faith. See, it's not only all of God's part. There is that little bit of part that God says, you need to look to me. You need to trust in me. You need to come to me through faith. Then we are kept. The second part here is as we draw near, James says, he'll draw near to us. And then we can cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. He does that work once as we're drawing near. Today we are drawing near by being here. You're being very obedient this morning. And because you are here and drawing near, he is here to purify, to cleanse. Listen, without the Lord, our hearts would remain black. But with the Lord, he purifies. And we've got to come, though. We've got to come because Paul cried out in Romans chapter 8, and from the transition from Romans Chapter 7, he gets into the Spirit, but he realizes some things. And in Romans 8, in verse 13, he says, For if we live after the flesh, we're going to die. But if you, through the Spirit, do mortify, put to death the deeds of the body, you're going to live. And so we need the Lord in our lives. We need, through the Spirit, we need God to give us help that we can put these bodies to death that we can reckon them, that in faith we can say, I am not going that way. I'm going to put off my anger. I'm going to put on the Lord. And there's some things that we can do in the Spirit that's so important. 
We need to go from chapter 7 of Romans to 8, though, and begin to really put these things to our account, though. It's a walk of faith, guys. We don't walk by sight. You might see something pretty ugly going on in your heart and in your life, but don't look at it too long. Look to the Lord, and He'll clean it up as you begin to mourn, become poor in spirit. He'll purify your heart. The end result is that we're going to see God. As we seek those things above, set our affection on those things above, not on the earth, we can then turn to our flesh and say no to it. But not until we seek. See, the Lord's saying, just take the plug that you got and plug it in. And that's our source. Everything that we need is the Lord. It's always been, it always will be. This hope to see him, those that have this hope to see the Lord soon will purify yourselves even as you are pure. It's a purifying hope. I'm going to see God. But yet, right now, I behold the hand of God. I can see God working all around me. So he's working in us. He's preparing us. But we also need to trim our wicks. Remember in Matthew 25, those that have their wicks trimmed. What does that mean, wicks trimmed? I see it as just making sure that, you know, your, your life is one that is serving God, that you are in the place of being blessed by the Lord. You are seeking God in Bible study and fellowship. You're going after the things of God, not the things of the world. Trimming your wick. And then the oil, of course, in, in Matthew 25 is always speaking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we're always seeking to be filled with God's Spirit because without His Spirit, nothing's done. Then to those who are ready, it says in Matthew 25, verse 10, when He comes, those who are ready, they will go into the marriage supper of the Lamb and the rest will be left behind. Right now I know that there's a series out and the book's out and everything. Left behind. There's the movie, you know. Scary thing to be left behind. But blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now that's Pastor Jeff Johnson with Sound Doctrine, and he'll be right back with more about being pure in heart. Well, as we close up shop here today, let me tell you how to hear these studies in Matthew once again and even catch what you might have missed in the series. They're all available online at sounddoctrineradio.org. That's sounddoctrineradio.org. We also offer a free app and podcast. Simply search for Sound Doctrine Podcast. And we can also send you a CD copy of this message for a suggested donation of $5 when you call us at 800-353-7553. At Sound Doctrine, we're committed to teaching God's Word verse by verse, but we can't do it alone. You see, we rely on the Lord and the faithful support of our listeners as we come to you day by day. And if you would like to help people all over the world have access to Sound Doctrine, You can make a secure donation at sounddoctrineradio.org. While you're at it, you might want to request Pastor Jeff's book, An Exhortation from the Shepherd's Heart. 
Now, this is a commentary on 1 and 2 Timothy as well as Titus. The Apostle Paul wrote a personal letter to two pastors that he personally instructed, loved, and planted churches with. We have the privilege to read these wonderful exhortations in God's Word. Pastor Jeff wrote this commentary from the perspective of a shepherd with the heart for future pastors. It contains helpful commentary, illustrations, and detailed application as well. Get a copy by going online to sounddoctrineradio.org and then click on the store. Well, as promised, once again, here's Pastor Jeff to close things out. Let me close with this prayer of Paul's in Ephesians, where Paul prays in Ephesians 3, starting with verse 16. Incredible prayer. If you want to, you can turn there with me. We'll use this as our closing prayer this morning. But in Ephesians 3.16, he says, and this is his request, that God would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. There is a good prayer and a prayer that I would like to receive that I might be strengthened with God's might and my strength would be his strength by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith. Some of you need to just take a step of faith this morning and invite Christ to come into your, your life, your private world, allowing him just to come in and clean it up. He's the greatest. Well, next time on Sound Doctrine, we are encouraged to be peacemakers as Pastor Jeff Johnson returns to Matthew chapter 5. This program is listener-supported and brought to you by Calvary Chapel Downey. So far away.